You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, joined by one of the original hosts of the show, John Kegley, on with us to break down a blowout loss the Chargers suffered on Sunday. Before we get started, we've been covering the Chargers for over five years. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, guys, a special thank you to those who showed up for this one, because that was a brutal showing by the Chargers on Sunday. Obviously, we're here to talk about the Chargers' blowout loss to the Ravens, but we're going to do things a little bit differently. I mean, there was no way we were going to put you guys through going play-by-play, right, series-by-series through that game. So to start the show, we'll get into our just general reactions to seeing a beatdown like that happen after the Chargers have been so hot during their three-game winning streak, and then we'll get into... Some of the problems that happened throughout the game, instead of doing what went wrong and what went wrong tomorrow, we'll get into some of the things that happened in this game and how concerned we are about it, at least affecting the Chargers' contender status, right? Or how much it could come back to get them down the road, or was it just a bad week? So thank you guys for making us your first listen on a tough Monday to listen about Chargers, and we'll try to make it a little bit better for you because I think there's still a lot to be taken away from the Chargers being 4-2 and two with their schedule going into the bye week this week. So let's go ahead and get into it. What a beatdown the Ravens put on the Chargers. Just outclassed the Chargers in all three phases in a 34-6 beatdown of a game. And it was just so unexpected because we just hadn't seen the Chargers look that bad all season. I mean, we'd seen bad performances from one side of the ball or the other. We hadn't seen it all really come together in a perfect storm like we saw on Sunday where there was just bad special teams, bad offense, bad defense. I mean, David... I'm not surprised the Chargers lost this game. I really did think it was a coin flip going into it, but I am surprised that they lost it that way. Yeah, they were just victimized. They they were beaten and victimized in every facet of the game. They were bad on special teams. They were bad on defense. They were bad on offense. They couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get any stops. They got down early, and they just could never recover. It just seemed like the Ravens were motivated. They were definitely up for this game. They wanted to make a statement, and they did that. They beat the Chargers thoroughly, and the Chargers should be embarrassed. Although there is a lot to learn from this, You always learn more from your losses than your wins, so there's going to be a lot of valuable information. We just got to hope that the Chargers coaching staff and the players extract that information and use it to make them better. Yeah, and it's a really interesting week because the Chargers are going into their bye week, the first bye week for Brandon Staley, right? And I do think this is a game where you can take a lot away from it, right? Yeah, there were just some bad throws and things, but I think for Justin Herbert specifically, with the disguises the Ravens threw at him, I think it'll be very valuable tape to go look and try to make adjustments from that and I think a lot of adjustments are going to have to be made because that was a game where you went into it feeling like you were AFC contenders and then another 4-1 and team kind of sent you back down to reality and I think we've always known that there's been issues with this roster even going into the season the offensive line depth and the run defense were two things that we questioned and we'll get more into each of those things but that's just to say that We knew this wasn't a world-beater roster. I mean, there's better rosters in the NFL, but the Chargers have plenty of talent to win. So I think that's why, John, when you see a game like this, you're caught somewhere between, yes, there's some things 
that are going to be a concern, I think, for the rest of the weekend and also some things that you just have to kind of burn the tape on and move on. Yeah, especially since you have a lot of uh, injuries on the defensive side and that kind of plays a role. You're already struggling as it was stopping the run, but you're missing some of your starters. It makes it even harder to stop a team that's really good at running the ball, even though they're on their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and tenth string running backs. (laughs) They still run the ball at a high level in the NFL, and you still cannot stop it. It's also something where, like, if you watch, like a lot of the mistakes were, like, dropping a ball that was wide open, which is usually you see teams that are really good in the NFL – they have that one really bad game in the se- in, during the season where you're just like, oh, my God, they got beat really bad today. But if you watch, like, wide-open plays are dropped. And that allowed the other team to stick in long enough to make the wins. I feel like that was one of those kind of games for this team today. Yeah, and it just seemed like everything that had been going right for them, right, going forward on fourth down, right, being super aggressive, Justin Herbert being out of this world on third and fourth downs, the Chargers being very good at converting third downs, and the Chargers also defensively, you know, forcing a lot of turnovers when they got in trouble and when they didn't having the offense bail them out right so I think there's a lot of things in this game where you saw everything kind of happen where the luck came back a little bit there were a lot of misplays but really the Chargers just got manhandled in a lot of ways they just got beat by a better team the Baltimore Ravens are a good special teams team I mean their defense hadn't been great going into this but they still have the guys they still have this scheme that can disrupt you and I think that was what was so just disheartening about this one is just you kept waiting for the Chargers offense to get it going, right? And I think Brandon Staley felt it in that game too. I think that's why he went for that fourth down so early in the game. I felt like he felt the game slipping away from the Chargers and trying to do whatever he could to try to reel it back in. But the Chargers are still going to be a pretty good team. Like I think we know that there's certain things that will get better. I think Justin Herbert will bounce back. There's a lot of things like that. But Certain things you wonder whether the Chargers will have to make some roster acquisitions to fix some of the things that have really been plaguing them early on in this season. But you're going into the bye week four and two, still going to be at the top of the AFC West. But obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. So coming up next, we'll talk about Justin Herbert's bad day. We'll talk about how much kind of we're taking into that. And if we're still big fans of Brandon Staley going forward on fourth down when it goes the way that it did against the Ravens. But we'll get into that coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about what I use to stream the game, and that is a DirecTV stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, guys, well, on today's show, we wanted to do things a little bit differently because usually there was enough back and forth in the Chargers games leading up to this specific show that we've been able to do recaps that I think were still very exciting because there were so many different parts of the game that were worth talking about. On today's show, there's really not, right? I think what you're looking more for is are there troubling themes going forward? I mean, I think the bye week is only going to help the Chargers because they're going to get more healthy and things could start going differently for them given an extra week for preparation. But 
They're going to be coming out against the New England Patriots, who obviously are very well coached and have been a really tough out for even some of the best teams in the NFL so far, like the Buccaneers and the Cowboys this weekend. So the Chargers are going to have to figure some things out, but certain things I think can be a lot better. And David, I have to start here with Justin Herbert just because it was a bad game in a lot of ways for Justin Herbert. Yes, there's a lot of, you know, mitigating factors, right? Like, I mean, he did have receivers, drop balls. The play calling wasn't the best on Sunday. I think we would all agree with that. And he just looked off. I mean, just the fourth down throw to Mike Williams, the throw to Josh Palmer, maybe that's a missed route, but like just wait. I mean, I feel like you always have a couple of throws, right? Where you're like, oh, okay, that's just a bad throw from Justin Herbert. But it did seem like there were more of them on Sunday. And you, like you talked about with me before the show, he did admit he was seeing some new things from that Baltimore defense, but he just seemed shaky right from the get-go. I'm still not super concerned about it. Yeah, I'm not overly concerned about it either, but it was not his best performance at all. I mean, he only completed around 56% of his passes, and he just wasn't as accurate as we are accustomed to seeing him be. Uh, He just missed some of those open throws, and also he just never, like you said, just never seemed like he could get into rhythm in in this game. The Ravens were disruptive. They they sent some creative blitz packages. Uh, They did surprise Justin Herbert or or like kind of make him think a little bit more, and that is something that Justin struggled with, you know, the first you know season and a half of his NFL career is just some of those defenses who are a little more exotic and kind of make you think and and really try to read and react and try to figure out what's going on pre-snap and post-snap that just makes it really difficult and Justin Herbert uh, already playing playing down from playing from behind he had to try to you know make some throws and make some things happen and it just didn't happen for him today the interception I'm not really too mad about because I mean, that was a great play by the defender. The ball was on Jared Cook. He just had, had to make sure and, and keep those strong hands and bring that ball in. It just it just didn't happen. But overall, Justin Herbert, I think he's going to look at this tape. He's going to learn from it. He's a very smart kid. We've known in the past that he makes mistakes and he learns from them because he's shown that he's going to be able to do that. So we just have to trust that he's going to do that moving forward. And I think the tough thing is he has the team that really frustrated him the most last season coming up on the schedule but on the day Justin Herbert throws for 195 yards one touchdown one interception a QBR of 18.6 in a passer rating of 68 67.8 and he was sacked twice as well but there were sometimes I mean you could see him going through the progressions right I mean they were taking some things away from him they kind of seemed like they knew what was coming and were taking the easy stuff away from Justin Herbert and making him settle for stuff that maybe he didn't feel as good about. But. Well, and he was on third and long all day long, all day long. He was never ahead of the sticks. They always had to try to go get more than than they should have, and obviously that's never a recipe for success. And Brandon Staley, I mean, talked about why the run game is important, right? And he said that for the Chargers and for quarterbacks especially, it helps your quarterback out. There's a certain level of physicality that you have to make the other team play blocks and things like that to open things up for your quarterback, even though you don't necessarily need it for play action. I mean, he got nothing from the running game. The Chargers running game has been up and down all season, but 12 carries for 26 yards flatly isn't going to get it done, especially when most of that was bolstered by a 10-yard Justin Herbert run, right? So 208 yards of total offense, 26 rushing yards, with Eckler going six carries for seven yards, Josh Kelly four carries for seven yards. I mean, that's a problem for sure, but... The offensive line was outmatched. The whole offense was outmatched in this game. But one of the things that had been such a huge talking point in the NFL so far from everyone was Brandon Staley and his aggression 
going forward on fourth down from his own 24 in previous games, right, against the Browns to end up winning that game. And it was like, this is great. <laughs> Go for it on every fourth down if you can, because it's working every time. And leading into this game, the only time it didn't work was when Ty Long couldn't complete a pass to Tavon Campbell. But John, you have to be willing to have the bad consequences as well. So even though I might not have gone for it in certain situations like the Chargers did in this game, they go one for four. The one from their own 19-yard line, that's obviously really tough, right? I mean, they ended up giving up six points because of two of the four downs that they weren't able to convert. I'm still not mad about it, though. I mean, I like I said before, I felt like Brandon Staley felt the game getting away. He knew the offense needed a spark, and the defense wasn't really stopping him anyways. John, are you still okay with how crazy Brandon Staley has been with going forward on fourth downs? Absolutely, I'm okay with it. I've been begging for a coach that's aggressive and plays to win. If you know the game is starting to slip out of your hands, which it absolutely was at that point. It was. You go for it. You you got to regain that game somehow. You're not going to regain it by punting and praying on your defense that hasn't made a stop the whole game. Like If you are giving up 24 points and you only have six, it's in halfway through the third quarter, your defense isn't playing good, you got to get a spark somehow, and it's got to be converting a fourth down. If you don't get it, you're probably going to lose anyway, whether you lose 50 to 6 or 31 to like 30, like 31 to 30. You still lost. So it doesn't matter whether you go for a fourth down and miss it and lose by a lot more. The whole point was to win the game. Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, it was about losing by less, probably, because they always punted and played conservative. Staley's going either we win or we're just going to lose by a lot. One of the two is going to happen. Well, and he's sticking to his guns. He's sticking to his ideals. They asked him after the game, hey, would you have made those same decisions? And they said, he said, absolutely, yes, I would. I, I, I love the play calls. I love the matchups. I'm going to make those same decisions over and over again. And you have to, if you're going to celebrate the successes of them completing in those conversions on fourth down, you also have to live when they don't convert it because they were never going to stay at 80% completion on fourth downs. But he's not going to compromise his thought, plot, his thought process or his belief on going for it. He's going to stay steadfast in that decision. Yeah, it's not a it's not a season thing. It's a right. game by game kind of thing. It's okay. We're playing and this game, game right now. Thing. Yeah, if the game's tied six to six in the third quarter, he's not going to go for that fourth down. He's going to be like, okay, we're in a good game. I'm going to punt it. But if it's 30, 24 to six in the third quarter, he's going to go for it. He's going to try to get get this game back up. It's a game to game thing. It has nothing to do with eighty percent chances of getting it. It's I trust my guys. We got to start trying to win this game. Let's go for it. And obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I mean, we know now that off of those two attempts, at least the first two where they didn't get it, it ended up being six points for Baltimore. So that didn't lose them the game. I don't know if it ever was going to lose them the game at that point because it was already getting out of hand. But what he was going for was a chance to turn the game around. And at those moments, the Chargers desperately needed something positive to happen to them because it was really, really spiraling. And this was the first time that it started to spiral and it just turned into a full-blown avalanche, right? We've seen them kind of quell smaller storms and come back and be stronger, right? They did it against the Raiders. They did it against the Chiefs. They took their best shot and had an answer back. The Chargers had no answer in this game, but as far as Brandon Staley goes, I'm not concerned about that at all. I just think that for the Chargers, you have to, you, it's much better than to have someone that's just going to, you know, be wishy-washy about it, kind of like how Anthony Lynn was at the time. There was no real rhyme or reason for it. And then 
even the fourth down plays you saw today, you saw what they were going for. Mike Williams gets a high throw when he has a mismatch, right? Josh Palmer is wide open on a throw that maybe he runs the wrong route, but he was wide open where he was. Should have been another first down. Just things like that happened all day. I mean, Mike Williams dropped like, a third down. Did it feel like on that Josh Palmer throw, like there was like a mix up in chemistry right there? Like yes. one guy's not in the same spot, and the other. I feel like there was a couple of throws today. To well, there's a few throws overall that were like that, but I think a couple of them were with Josh Palmer in this game. I f- Do you think there might be some worry there? Like, is there does there need to be more practice between the two, Herbert and Palmer? Yeah, I think there just needs to be more time between them. He has just hasn't got on the field a lot, and it's just been here or there. It's hard to get into a rhythm when you don't have a lot of consistent playing time. Well, another thing, too, is like they had an almost identical play on the third down earlier in the game where he did convert it, right, on a, almost the same exact route earlier on in the game for a conversion. Those guys spent a lot of time together, right? I mean, Pop has talked about it. I saw it when I was out there. Just them two staying after practice and just continuing to run routes and, you know, have Justin Herbert throw to him. It's hard. I mean, maybe he ran the wrong route there. That definitely seemed like a miscommunication. To miss by that much seems like a miscommunication, but he was open there. The Chargers offense was just out of whack all day, but I do think going forward, one of the things I would like to see more, David, is just Keenan Allen more involved, right? I mean, even though he gets five for 50 in this game, even though Mike Williams goes two catches for 27 yards in this game, I'm still wondering if Keenan Allen like is still yet to... or they've if the offense has really yet to figure out how they can most successfully use Keenan Allen, because obviously we're used to seeing him be much more impactful than we have over really this whole season. Yeah, I thought they were going to do that in this game because they got the ball to him pretty much like right off the bat. I mean, I think it was one of the first plays they get Keenan the ball, and it's a pretty good game. I was like, okay, I mean, they're going to get him the ball. Because, they, I mean, when Keenan Allen is going well, he's one of the catalysts for this offense. He he converts first downs he gets third downs he keep he just keeps the ball moving down the football field and when you know he's not involved it's just kind of weird and uh, Daniel Popper a- asked coach Staley after the game you know what what happened with that uh, it seemed like for like half of the game Keenan Allen was just not a part of the game plan and Brandon Staley said hey just some of those coverages we had a, we put a lot into the plan for Keenan we always put a lot into the plan but he also said hey we got to get him the ball more and get him into a rhythm I really feel like that's a confidence thing for Keenan once you get him the ball a couple of times he starts to feel it and he really starts to get open and really starts to make things happen yeah I think that's just one of those things where it's like that has to be better because he's not just a third down target I mean the dude can be so much more than that obviously he can be more than just a one-on-one I need five yards go get it for me type of dude and it just doesn't seem you know often enough that they're willing to make him that part of it and I think some of it to me seems like Justin Herbert was kind of trying to force it to him early on in the season right and maybe he was trying to get away from forcing it just to Keenan Allen I mean we saw Mike Williams obviously going off as well but now this is, you know, he was playing in this game banged up. It's just tough. I mean, the Chargers offense looked really out of whack. But in all reality, the Chargers offense is somewhere in between what we saw against Cleveland, right, and what we saw today against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not really super concerned about Joe Lombardi. I still think for the majority of the season he's had good game plans. But it is going to be a real test when they take on the New England Patriots and that stingy, stingy defense against you know, the greatest coach of all time and Bill Belichick and what he has planned for the Chargers offense. It'll also be a good game, you know, for Justin Herbert for the offense to shut people up if they go out there and make a statement against them. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it goes down after this bye week. But there were definitely some other things that I think should concern Chargers fans more that 
Maybe an outside player has to be brought in to fix. So coming up next, we'll talk about that. And also special teams, another disaster for the Chargers on Sunday. Is it time to cut Tristan Vizcaino? We'll get into all that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. And right now, you guys have to check it out and get the limited time flavor Rocky Road that you guys can go find at BuiltBar.com. One of my new favorite flavors, a great seasonal limited time flavor for Built Bar. And that's one of the things I've always loved about Built Bar is just keeping the variety. Because as much as you like any flavor of a protein bar, you always want to mix things up. And with Built Bar, there's so many great flavors to choose from, like peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, coconut, coconut almond. You will find a Built Bar that you love when you guys try these flavors. And you can get a mix box so you guys can try two of each flavor and find out which ones are your favorites. And you can feel like you're eating a candy bar. They're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew while having something that fits on your diet as well. There's no need to feel guilty because most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. And right now, we can even save you guys some money on Built Bars because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the number one place to bet on all college and pro football because BetOnline is where we trust, and BetOnline is the only spot that we're going to. So make sure to check out their new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football, and you guys can also bet on basketball, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the 2021 season, because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Right now, there's a ton of future charges bets you guys can bet on and make sure if you want to put a bet down on the team that you're using, bet online because right now we can even give you guys some money to play with. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word to receive your bonus at bet online where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for listening, especially after a tough game like that. And thank you for making us your first listen. What a game that the Chargers didn't play on Sunday, right? I know, John, you made the joke. They never showed up to Baltimore. And it definitely felt like that for most of the game. But I think there they was had just... trouble finding parking in the city. <laughs> so, yeah, they and you also had a lot of trouble parking in that city trying to get into the game. Maybe that's what flustered them and made them come out so flat. But Like I talked about before a little bit, there's certain things that you feel like can bounce back. The Chargers offense, still a lot of talented players. Even with the banged up offensive line, which played a factor in today's game, there's still plenty of players who have a game plan to score points with the guys that they have. Defensively, I think it's more of a personnel thing, and I think that's fair to question at this point. John, when you look at the Chargers run defense, obviously they just came off playing the two best rushing teams in the league, right? The most maybe explosive rusher with the ball in his hands in Lamar Jackson and a good rushing attack in Baltimore. And the Cleveland Browns who put up 230 yards in that game, even though the Chargers ended up winning. We've known the Chargers run defense has been bad. I mean, it went into this game, which was a disaster as the worst run defense in the league. I think the biggest thing now is like they've really exhausted all of their options, at least as far as Limbaugh, Joseph, Forrest Merrill, Braden Fajoko, Jerry Tillery, even Justin Jones, you know, be at a very, very limited time that he got to play this season. It's been bad since week one and the last two weeks, especially it really got exposed. And I don't know if there's an option they have on the roster, John. So I think there'll probably be a show later in the week too, where we talk about maybe some trade options for the Chargers, potentially, especially at defensive tackle, because the guys they have right now aren't getting the job done. And 
teams like the Ravens, teams like the Browns, teams like the Titans are the teams you're going to be potentially playing in the playoffs. Well, I mean, when Gus Bradley went up against the Ravens in the playoffs and he had no linebackers at all, he brought in more DBs on the field. So, I mean, maybe some more exotic schemes could could help if you can't bring in another person, but I doubt it. You do need <laughs> to say like it, it's a possibility to try out. I if did. You, I mean, just, if, we were, weren't if, you worried about that even going into the year though? Like, I mean, that was one of the biggest questions we had about this team is how they were going to stop the run when really the biggest guy they brought in was Christian Covington. Oh yeah, without a doubt, we were worried about stopping the run. We've had that worry every single year, and we have yet to get a big name defensive lineman. I mean, our best draft pick we got for defensive line was Jerry Tillery. Even then, that was kind of a stretch. And he's still on a uh, a project as we go right now. But, I mean, I think Staley could do something with him. But Justin Jones is still on this roster. We have yet to just let him go and bring in someone that's a step better. Could you trade for someone? Could you sign someone? Probably, but you got to do one of them. But just saying, if they don't do anything, you got to start making, like, some exotic type of packages. Like Gus Bradley did that one time to beat the the Ravens in the playoffs. Like, you got to do something out of the ordinary because what you have right now is not it i saw a article by chargers wire where they brought up an idea of like trading for like akeem hicks because he uh played alongside brandon staley's uh defensive game plan back when he brandon staley was the linebackers coach for the bears granted the guy has like 11 million or something like that on his contract so that's probably where the pause goes but i mean something like that would be a good move for the chargers is you just give away a draft pick and you have a guy for a year or two, even this year, you showed so much promise to make the playoffs and then today happens. I think if the Chargers don't go out there and add someone on the defensive line, I think it's negligence by Tom Telesco. I I, I think you can't look Facts. at this product and say this is good enough. You can't look at this defensive line and say, okay, they have the pieces to go out there and do what Brandon Staley wants them to do or needs them to do. They do not have the bodies that are in the building right now. So Tom Telesco needs to go do his job and make a trade that's going to make this team better for once. When I think, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't we have like 12 million in cap space <laughs> left or something? More, yeah, maybe more than so, that. Yeah, I mean, you, there's got to be at least one. They could fit somebody agent for sure. You're willing? Not, not to only take that, it. but they got four comp picks like the, that are coming next year. They have plenty of draft capital. Use it. Yeah, like there's, you have plenty of cap space to bring in at least one free agent you want to give a try a tryout on, or at least one trade that you want to try out like there's there's no excuse for this not to happen and let's be honest though too i mean there's guys that can make a difference for the chargers on their run defense but there's not one guy that's going to totally fix it i think all you're hoping for is to just get competence out of it right just be get to where you can't just totally get bullied in that aspect because outside of the raiders game they have not had a good game in run defense right and I think it's hard because, like I've talked about many times, like this isn't the full brain and Staley roster, right? There's only so much you can do in one offseason to get the guys you want. Then again, he took the Rams, right, and Wade Phillips' defense with some talented players also, and had the number one defense in the NFL last year. So I think a lot of it is a personnel thing for them at this point. I mean, yes, maybe the scheme can be a little bit better, but at the end of the day, you have to win your one-on-one matchups, and these guys are just getting bullied at the line of scrimmage and on the edge and the tackle, you know, the corners didn't tackle well either. The edge defenders did not keep contained in Sunday's game against Baltimore. There's a lot of blame to go around for that one. But if you're Tom Telesco, look at what those guys usually cost at the trade deadline, right? I mean, there's probably 
only a few different guys where you'd say, hey, that guy made a difference in a deep run in the playoffs or something like that, but at least go down kicking and screaming, right? Do something to try to add to it because it's been an obvious problem all year. And even though Brandon Staley is willing to give up some rushing yards, I'm done with that excuse, right? Because it's just been debilitating for this defense. And then, I mean, the secondary wasn't great today either. I mean, the whole defense had a bad game today, but that wasn't the only thing that went wrong for the Chargers. And I mean, I think obviously we've seen that even with a bad run defense, the Chargers can still win a lot of games. It's just making to that next level, right? Like they could keep the same run defense and they're still going to win maybe, you know, around 10, 11 games potentially this season. Like they still have a chance to do that, especially with the way their season opens up and how soft the schedule gets going forward for them. But at the same time, you want to be that team. You don't want to waste a year. Go trying to find a difference maker if you can at the trade deadline. You have a lot of picks. You have plenty of picks to get it done because they don't usually cost that much. We have to talk about the special teams, though, guys, before we get out of here because Tristan Viscaino, I mean, obviously, when you see a game as bad as this one, missing an extra point isn't something that costs them the game. But overall, the entire special teams, the entire special teams, all of the special teams players for the Chargers were bad pretty much on Sunday. I mean, the kickoff coverage is bad. They allowed a 47-yard return on one of them, averaged 35 yards per kick return, did the Ravens in that game. The punt returner averaged over 15.5 yards per punt return. The Chargers' kick return was awful as well. I mean, they averaged around 16 yards per kick return. That's terrible, but I think most of the focus, David, is going to go towards the kicker and Tristan Viscaino. I know he's a young player, right, as Brandon Staley has talked about and all of that, but at a certain point, I mean, they're not even attempting field goals at this point. And this game might have been different because it t- turned into a blowout really quickly, but something's got to change a kicker to me. It definitely has to change. When you have to fundamentally change the way you look at the game because you can't trust your kicker, that's a huge problem. You cannot go into a game saying, okay, well, I, I, I mean, obviously I know going for fourth down is part of his philosophy, but... I mean, a large part of that is I can't trust my kicker to make his kicks. He's missed five PATs in six games. The PAT is essentially a 31-yard field goal. That That is crazy. 33, You can't yeah. have, yeah, a 33-yard field goal. You can't have a professional kicker missing so many of those. I mean, and it's changed the trajectory of some of those games. I mean, you may not think an extra point is that important, but it forced other decisions later on in ball games because of it. Yeah, he's got a strong leg and everything, and yeah, he might be good on kickoffs, but that's not enough. I mean, the main purpose of the kicker is to make field goals, to make your kicks. If you can't do that, it's a huge problem. The Chargers... I mean, I know Brandon Staley is saying he's going to have patience with him and he's a rookie and everything, but, I mean, for me, it's affecting football games. It's affecting wins and losses. So your patience, it just can't be there at this point. I mean, just look at the Browns game. Right after you scored the supposed game-time touchdown, you missed the extra point, and now you went from, okay, we just got to make a stop. Maybe we can get this field goal. We go to overtime to we got to get a stop or we lose this game. All over one kick, and every time – We've missed an extra point to Staley's credit. He's gone for the two-point conversion every time, but eventually you're going to miss one of those, and you might as well just call it two missed extra points just because if you're not for missing the first one, you don't go for two points the second time. Well, there could come a time, right, where you're getting a touchdown to tie the game and an extra point wins the game, right? And in that situation, you're never going to go for two. You know what I mean? So, like, Daniel Pomper put out a great note. It was that, the record for most PATs missed since they moved it back to 33 yards was seven. 
and Tristan Vizcaino is already at five this season. It just has to be better, but like, let's not let the rest of the special teams unit go unnoticed here either, because they just were a debacle. I mean, the Ravens were a much better special teams team, right? And that's not even including Justin Tucker. If you took him out of the equation, they would still be better on special teams than the Chargers were. I mean, especially on Sunday, but this was the show that we had to have to get rid of all of these emotions because that was such a bad game on Sunday against the Ravens where you had a chance to make a statement and kind of prove you are a contender and prove things like the run defense weren't going to hold you back, right? And for Justin Herbert to, you know, outdo another quarterback who's thought of as one of the best in the conference, and it didn't come for the Chargers, but now they get a much-needed bye week with Brandon Staley at the helm. I'm still super high on a lot of things about this team, and as we've seen, they can beat good teams even with their flaws. They're just going to have to be better going forward and not have games like this, and they'll have to do it coming up next against the New England Patriots with a big redemption game coming up for Justin Herbert. But I'm still excited to see it, and I'm excited for all the guests we have coming up during this bye week as well to get you guys through a weekend without Chargers football. And we have a lot to get into, but we also want to get your guys' reactions and how you're feeling going into the bye week at 4-2. and two. So to get your voice on the show, make sure you're calling to the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. And we'd want to get all of your guys' reactions and thoughts and questions. And make sure that you guys never miss a show by following or subscribing wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts. You can basically find us everywhere. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find the show at LockdownLAC. We post all of our shows on Twitter and all of our social media. You can also find it at our new Instagram page at LockdownLAC. You can find it on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. And we love interacting and stuff with you guys on there as well. But don't take too much away from this game, guys. There's still a lot to be positive about. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.